coming to you from Atlanta. This is Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? Today is March 16th, 2023. Do you have small fears or phobias in your life that impact you slightly from day to day that you would like to get under control? Maybe a fear of spiders, a dislike of being in crowds. In this bonus episode, author Nick Trenton from his book, Therapize Yourself, summarizes desensitization therapy that allows you to learn how to handle those stressors by combining exposure and relaxation. Thanks for joining us today. Systematic desensitization therapy is a type of behavioral therapy used to treat things like anxiety, phobias, OCD, and PTSD. The idea is that people can be conditioned to avoid or be repelled by a certain stimulus, in just the same way that Pavlov's dogs were conditioned to salivate whenever the bell rang and signaled that food was coming. But if these associations can be conditioned, the theory goes, that means they can also be deconditioned. So, for example, in the past, you might have had a very embarrassing and uncomfortable encounter where you met someone new. Your brain made the link. Meeting someone new equals painful feelings of embarrassment. The next time you were due to meet someone new, you instantly felt aversion and worry, as though in preparation for the stimulus, meeting someone new, to produce the same response feelings of embarrassment. Scientists and psychologists have been studying conditioning for a long time. But you don't have to have an extreme phobia to be subject to its basic principles. If you have places and objects that remind you of a bad time in your past or a specific person you dislike, if you find yourself irrationally avoiding certain situations, or if your bad moods always seem to happen at particular times of day, then you may be experiencing the power of conditioning and association. Systematic desensitization is a way to use counter-conditioning, i.e. to consciously decide which stimuli to expose ourselves to and how to manage and train our responses to them. Very broadly, the idea is simple. Expose yourself to the thing you fear in small quantities while you link the experience to feelings of relaxation. Then, ramp up the stimulus and repeat until you've learned to tolerate the stimulus without going into anxious fight-or-flight mode. The process is usually done with a trained therapist, but you can do it yourself if you pay close attention to the two ingredients required. One graded exposure, i.e. moving through a hierarchy of stimuli. Two, relaxation. The key is to combine these effectively. If you're merely exposing yourself to things that freak you out, you'll only reinforce those pathways and become more effective at freaking out. Similarly, if you only relax, you're not really challenging yourself to learn a different response. You need to pair the relaxation with the graded exposure for this technique to have any effect. Take a classic example. You're afraid of spiders. One, 
you construct a graded exposure ladder going from 1 to 10. 2. One is thinking about spiders. Two is looking at a picture of a spider. Ten is letting a spider walk on your hand, and so on. Three, you start with one and think about spiders. Four, as you think about spiders, you employ your relaxation techniques. Five, when you're able to remain relaxed while thinking about spiders, then you move on to level two. Six, you move up the ladder until you can let a spider walk on you happily with no problem. As you can see, the theory is pretty simple. Let's take a closer look at how you might use these principles in your own life to break bad habits, overcome fears and phobias, and tackle triggers from traumatic events in your past. We'll return to Nick, who, having hunkered down at home with depression for months, has developed a minor form of agoraphobia, a fear of crowds, open spaces, and leaving the house. The problem set in gradually. Every time he went out to go shopping or meet friends, he found that he felt depressed and anxious. He hated people seeing how much weight he'd gained. He hated people's nosy questions about how his job hunt was going. And he hated the noisy crowds that only seemed to drive home his feelings of isolation and annoyance with life in general. And so, without him realizing it, he began to associate the world outside his home with negative feelings, and the world inside as safe, comfortable, and happy. But he needs to break this association. He needs to get outside, exercise, volunteer, connect with friends, and more. But throwing himself into a busy social life all at once will likely only make him feel worse, and then the association will be strengthened. Instead, he uses systematic desensitization to consciously and proactively decide to break this conditioning in himself. Before we go on and see how he does this, bear in mind that this process is never meant to be painful, scary, or unpleasant. Quite the opposite. Rather, we're trying to create a new association, i.e., the trigger equals good feelings. This means that we cannot embark on the process feeling like we're being forced to do something we don't want to do. Rather, remind yourself that you are in control. You go at the pace you want to, and that it's not supposed to hurt. Pick a relaxation technique. The desired goal is to feel completely calm, content, and at ease with the stimulus or trigger. It should feel utterly neutral to you. Hence, you need a relaxation technique to create this feeling in yourself. There's no set way to create relaxed feelings, but there are several popular techniques you can choose from, and you can mix and match them or create your own. Here's a simple relaxation technique based on what's called Progressive Muscle Relaxation 1. Sit or lie down somewhere and begin with a few deep, slow belly breaths. 2. Start at your toes. Flex the toes upward as hard as you can, hold for a breath, and then relax. Flex them hard downward in the same way. Hold, then release. As you release, 
Do it slowly and with control, feeling the tension melt out of the muscles. You may like to repeat this a few times. 3. Move up your body and onto your calf muscles next. Flex them as tightly as you can, then slowly relax that tension as you breathe out. 4. Continue moving up your body, tensing and relaxing the muscles of the thighs, glutes, abdominal muscles, chest, shoulders, etc. It may be worth spending more time on the shoulders, jaw, neck, and hands, the places we often hold most tension. 5. When you reach your face, pay individual attention to your lips, brow muscles, and forehead. 6. Now, as though your conscious were an illuminating spotlight, run your awareness over your body and see if you can find any spots of tension. If you do, zoom in there and repeat the tension release and breathe deeply and slowly, and then relax. 7. When you feel that your muscles are nice and relaxed, tell yourself, I am completely calm. These are not just words. Really feel the sensation of calm in your body and what that's like. Become familiar with this state. You'll need to find your way back here later. Now, there are many, many variations on these breathing and relaxation techniques. It's not worth getting too hung up on exactly how you reach a state of calm, only that you reach it. Some people like to combine their muscle relaxation and breathing with mental imagery and visualization. If you found it useful to visualize in some of the techniques from previous chapters, you might find that it helps to incorporate them here. For example, if you visualize your anxiety as the literal letters that spell out anxiety made into a tall and foreboding brick wall, then you might like to imagine that this wall is being gently but steadily worn away by warm rain that makes the letters crumble and disappear. Or take some time to construct your happy place in as much vivid detail as you can. It can be what you want, a remote paradise island with cool blue waters, a peaceful and dimly lit chapel, or a pink cloud floating far above the earth. The more familiar you are with this place, and the more you make the connection that this place means relaxation, peace, and happiness, the easier you'll be able to summon up the state of mind that comes with it. Remember, it's not the specific words, imagery, or technique that matters. What matters is that you're finding reliable paths into a calm state of mind. Construct your ladder. You'll need to set up a program or plan for yourself. Be deliberate. How you do it is up to you, but make sure that you are genuinely challenging yourself and that each step on the ladder is a fairly consistent increase from the step before it. If the ladder isn't quite right, that's okay too, though. You can always make adjustments. Nick's ladder looks like this. 1. Book a concert ticket. 2. Mentally rehearse the steps needed to get to the concert and meet a friend there. 3. Leave the house and walk to the subway station. 4. Do the above 
but also get on the tube and travel to the right stop. 5. Do the above, but also walk around the busy streets in the city for around 10 minutes. 6. Repeat, but for 30 minutes. 7. Stand in a busy crowd for 10 minutes. 8. Stand in a busy crowd for 30 minutes. 9. Stand in a busy crowd for an hour or more. 10. Talk to your friend and tell them about some of the difficulties you're experiencing. You may look at this ladder and think that step 10 doesn't seem so bad, or that walking around the city is more stressful than lingering in a crowd, but so long as your ladder makes sense to you, then that's fine. To make your own ladder, you might find it helpful to first start by jotting down a whole bunch of different scenarios that cause you anxiety. Then go through each one and sort them into piles, high, medium, and low. Then take each pile and try to rank them in order. You might need to break a few down into smaller tasks. Then try to assign every task a number on a scale from 1 to 10. If it's more appropriate, you may find a scale of 1 to 100 is better. Nick starts his process by booking some concert tickets to a show he really wants to see with a friend he has been neglecting somewhat. The show's in two months, giving him time to work through his ladder. On his own terms, he works through the ladder. He buys the tickets, then pauses and immediately runs through his relaxation technique. He started out feeling a little anxious, but after relaxing, he felt better. He took the time to mark the milestone and praised himself, even if it is only a small step. Next, he runs through the other steps, one after the other. So, when he's worked his way up to step five, he walks around the city. When he feels his anxiety levels rising and his mood dropping, he pauses, finds a quiet corner, and quickly runs through a shortened version of the relaxation technique. At step seven, he flounders a little and finds that he's overwhelmed and comes home unhappy and defeated. That's okay. He stays at that level for some time. Whenever he encounters fear, sadness, shame, or any other negative emotion, he stops and runs through his relaxation protocol. This is important. He never pushes through. The only condition for his moving up the ladder is that he is completely comfortable with the previous step. Nick looks carefully at the task before him and his rough timeline and commits to taking a small step on the ladder every single day. Because he is deliberately trying to break old associations and create new ones, he takes the time after every session to go through affirmations, to recognize his progress, and to dwell on any good feelings he's managed to create. In two months' time, Nick finds the concert a challenge, but he attends and enjoys it. When he comes home, he feels so good and so proud of the progress he's made that he immediately creates a new ladder. This has been How to Therapize and Heal Yourself 15 Self-Therapy Techniques 
to understand your past and control your future. Written by Nick Trenton, narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2022 by Nick Trenton. Production copyright by Nick Trenton. Please be sure to visit Amazon.com or Audible.com for more information on this book and the author. With an eclectic collection of water cooler knowledge, inspirational stories, and motivational thoughts from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Overwork Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.